The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Hello, hello, hello. Jess Williams, how are you today? I want to introduce Jess. A lot of you may not know her. <laughs> I'm so She's quiet on this quiet. podcast. I'm kind of like just a little meek. Welcome meek to the woman. quirky dog, guys. What are we doing this week? We are going to talk about listening and dogs and listening. What? And like, let's normalize what? dogs listening again. What? Yeah, that's very funny because he can't hear me. All right, first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. <laughs> And um, I, my quirky tip, I'm excited about this because it's something new and I always love new things. So I needed an immune support uh, for my dog and I asked my breeder and uh, she likes Glacier Peak uh, immune support. So I would check out Glacier Peak and I would um, see them and see how it's going and check it out if you want an immune support. I normally use like a Catalan or a Cataplex or something, but uh, a standard process, but I'm all about something new. The domain is Glacier Peak Holistics. Com. Oh, good one, sweetie. All right, so woo! Babe, can't wait babe, to make it happen with the ears. What are we doing today, babe? Oh my I'm gosh! Good. All right, so let's talk about what Praise you saw God. on Easter because Praise this is God how we started on Easter. What happened on Easter when we you were rolled driving? the giant boulder away from the hole? <laughs> there was nothing in there. No. An empty uh-huh. it's bed. A, it's a religious podcast now. Really, what did and you who, see the, on Easter? What Sunday Easter? I don't know. What did we do Easter? You were wa- driving home talking oh, to... Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a class. I was working Easter. Did mm-hmm. a couple classes. And on the way home, I saw a woman walking a stroller with a pony, walking a pony behind her and a stroller <laughs> with like a one-year-old in front of her. And I stopped and I said, hey, can I take a picture of you? Because I'm a dog trainer. <laughs> And people can't walk their dogs, let alone their ponies. <laughs> we were so impressed by this. So I'll post the photo in the comments, at least, of the Facebook feed, just so you guys can see it. But literally, it was amazing. So welcome to Eastern Maine. And we kind of got to talking, and we were discussing things. And really, like, it's kind of becoming like the normal that dogs are disobedient, rather than like that you could walk the dog down the street with a stroller or something. And I know we did the baby episode and what your dog should expect when you're expecting a few weeks back. And we talked about that and, you know, prepping the dog with a walk with a stroller. But the bottom line is, even if people have training, a lot of times they can't do both at once and their dog's too reactive or something else. So we kind of want to take some steps back here and just discuss some of the reasons why maybe things have deteriorated and maybe what we can do moving forward, because it's really important that dogs listen. Dogs are domesticated to work with us, to be with us. And I totally get that like daycare is good and can wear them out and, you know, they can go and get dog walks and pack walks and everything else. But like at the end of the day, you need to be able to handle your dogs and they need to, I guess, respect. Is that the word we would use? What word would we use? They need to get with the damn program is what they got to do. Dogs have to listen. Whatever that is for your family. Dogs have to listen because they're happier listening and the family's happier listening and everything else. So I... And they will be accepted by society if they're well-behaved. Yes. Just like children. Yes. Nice children are loved and welcome everywhere. Yes. Spoiled brats one time and then don't bring your kid here anymore. <laughs> one We're one not and done. really set up for kids. It's a little dangerous. They're going to blame themselves, but really it's you and your kid. 
One and done. And one thing um, that was kind of coming up for me is I was thinking about Scott and how many times I have seen him. I was thinking about me, too. You're always thinking about you. I was thinking (laughs) about how many times I've seen him actually walk a dog that he's never met before on a loose leash within five minutes. And that doesn't mean that, like, Scott is now, like, sharpening his metal prong and, like, doing this. We're talking, like, on the dog's collar that it came in on, which is normally just a flat buckle collar. Or right now we don't have a facility, so he's doing a lot of in-home classes. So he uses like a rough wear slip chain. Um, it's a it's a it's a martingale, but it has like a chain on the end. It's but that's flat, so it's a flat fabric. That's martingale. so the dog can't back out of the collar, just yeah. for safety's sake. Most like, people who have a collar on their dog, I ask, can the dog get out of the collar? No, it's secure. <laughs> And then, and then they back right yeah. out over their head. So yeah. I don't even let that happen anymore. Yeah. Don't and, even trust and it. And even if it did happen and we're in a training facility, that's one thing, but we're not going to have it out on the street. So I had my tax appointment a few weeks ago. I had all contracts out and I'm trying to get rid of stuff from years and years ago. So anyway, I totaled up about like 900 contracts that we had as far as like people that had paid us. Then there's going to be a lot of people that Scott is going to do an eval for, but they might not buy. We've done group classes and everything else. So honestly, like on the low end, I would say I personally have seen my husband loosely schwalk 1,500 dogs that were strange dogs to him within a five-minute time period. And that's with most of them taking cookies, everything else. And the dogs that wouldn't take cookies would probably not take cookies from the owner either. This wasn't even about, you know, oh gosh, it's a stranger. A lot of times they just protest being in a new place or Or control of any Sort. They're grazers, so they yeah. really don't have any yes. food drive at yes, all. Yes, exactly. Or they're just used to eating all day. So to me, I'm thinking this through and I'm like, well, that's a lot of freaking dogs that like, and that's not, I'm not saying now that then Scott would be like, okay, like I could go into an airport or I could go in on a bus or something and the dog would be perfect. But enough that like he has enough control wherever he is that he can throw a piece of food out. The dog's still walking with him. They're sitting when he stops. I mean, that's pretty freaking impressive. So if my husband can do that on a flat collar and granted, he's a very good dog trainer and I have a ton of respect for Scott. I always say that Scott is one of like three people that kind of shaped me into becoming the dog trainer that I am. And I do completely agree with that. (laughs) Bengali. <laughs> but if he can do it, like maybe we can get everybody doing it with just one dog. So that's, that's kind of something mm-hmm. that we need to think about. And then like, what are just some basic things to expect of a dog? Like a dog, like, you know, as it's growing up to be a year old, or if you have a rescue that came with a lot of baggage, like what kind of expectations you can have there. And a big thing for us is just basic animal husbandry. I mean, it's yeah. really kind that's, of, that's fallen by the wayside yeah, and it's, it's so kind crazy going out the window. Like, Here's I don't a, know. I, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, but yeah, I'm, I mean, that's just I'm a big thing for me. It's a real pet say. peeve, this animal husbandry thing. And what that means, that umbrella, animal husbandry, means basic care of your animal, checking the ears, the teeth, the eyes, making sure that they're healthy. You look Being at their, able to cut their nails. You got to look at their paws. Maybe yeah. they got a thorn in their paw. If you can't touch the paw, then it's a vet visit, it's medication and, and all this stuff. And it should be very, there's a lot you can do without going to a darn yeah. vet. Yeah, and being able to brush them. And we're relying so much on like groomers and vets and vet techs to do these types of things. And honestly, a lot of them are really struggling too. Um, that used to be okay. I think that's falling yes, to the Yes, that's changing too. And a lot of techs, you know, are getting hopped up on you know, these fear-free programs and trying different stuff and waiting for the dog to ask for permission. I know of personally dogs in New York at four months old, they're getting sent home because the dog won't allow the tech to vaccinate it. Well, I don't know. You had kids. Did the kids like to get vaccinated when they were young? No. And I had to hold my first uh, son there, Nicholas, down to get his vaccinations. And I didn't realize how strong he was. (laughs) He was about seven. He's like, I'm not doing that friggin' thing. And I like, you got to do it. I'm trying to rationalize with him. He's like, I'm not doing it. And then the, the doctors, the pediatricians getting a little put out like, hey, you know, I got to get this done. I'm like, all right, well, you're going to do it. So I just figure I'm just going to hold him. 
And he reared up like, I mean, he had some strength there. And it was like, I'm like, I'm sweating, holding him down so that we can get a shot in his butt that took a second. No, but like, but these he, are here's things... the bottom line. He got the shot. Yeah. And, and the reason is, is like the kids need to get vaccinated depending of on where course. you fall with that nowadays. He developed and... all kinds of side effects from oh, it, but that's another story. Start, don't start. Don't <laughs> start. It's his birthday on Monday and he's a perfect <laughs> boy. Um, no, but really... This has changed over time. We actually had another local vet's office have us come to like do a presentation yeah. about like wh- like how do you guys handle dogs? Like what should we expect out of dogs and everything else? Because the techs were starting to get a little looser and things were starting to lighten up. And then there's fallout there. Like if yeah. you put a dog in a run after a spay versus a crate, they could maybe do something well, silly they, with their incision and stuff. So yeah. these this is like a wave that's happening and it seems to be coming like quick, 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 quick. And I'm okay with waves coming quick. Like I'm fine with them, but they have to work and they have to function. You know what I mean? So, and whoever is promoting these messages, like I feel as though their dog should be model citizens and able to work. So let's discuss some expectations that we have. So I would say you saw the puppy that we're raising for my breeder a few weeks ago. Um, she's coming around and by the time she goes home in two months, probably I'll do a video of everything that she knows and everything else. But like, I expect that dog to be able to walk on a loose leash, like come when called off leash, like all of these things I will train with no, by six to eight months when she goes home, she'll be able to do all these things. I will do all of these things without a pinch collar, without an e-collar, just with basic training, with food and good training and, you know, a flat collar, a gentle leader if I need it. Like these are things that you should start to have happen. When Jimmy was four months old, he literally walked off leash to the car with Scott and he would go to work with them. Now he would chew the edge of his, you know, calendar and everything else. Well, and hey, and that's, that's not for everyone to think of, but these are things that are possible with nice genetics and with people that are capable of training. And you should have some realistic expectations of what to expect with a dog that let's say a year old. So what would you expect a year old dog to do that came home at eight weeks? Well, I've been holding some comments until okay. you stop talking and I, don't, I just go wanted ahead. to say All right. That Jimmy, yes, when he was at that puppy stage, and I'm talking about up to four months old, all puppies, almost every puppy will follow you everywhere like a little duckling because they're insecure. And I reinforced that by rewarding it when he came to me and whatnot. But it got, there was one day I came out of the house to the truck with him off leash, and I went to the truck and he took a right and he went over to a tree and he started sniffing around the base of that tree. And I called him and he didn't come. And that was the last time he was off leash <laughs> for a long time leash, yeah. until a that long was fixed. friggin' time yes. until he learned you never not respond to me. Yes, that is true. If you see a bad rap, I put like six e collars on that oh, puppy. I'll tell up. you, he, <laughs> don't just... listen to him. He's crazy. All right, let's go back to the thought about. Too. Oh, and then you said about six months when this other puppy goes home, the puppy would be off leash. I personally would never trust a six month old yeah. puppy. I and don't care Scott, how much training. And that's his training, he's had him. and that's fine. But I will be able to take the dog because for to me, a park. off leash is I'm not. I'm in the middle of downtown Boston with a dog off leash. It's not going to be a six month puppy. When I say I off leash, I mean at like a soccer field with other dogs running. And I feel as though if I call the dog, I'll have verbal control, and I'll be doing that training and I not Scott. To... So it's not his issue anyway. So no, let's no, talk I'm just about for me personally. No, I, I, I get. I'm very protective of my dogs, more so than all of my clients combined. <laughs> Like, you know, and I'm realizing how attached I am to my dog and how, how unhealthy it is. My dog isn't suffering from that, um, what you typically see, which is a separation anxiety and all that crap, because I know how to interact with him. But my emotional t- attachment to that dog is, is unhealthy, in my opinion. Yeah. Because I have often said... It's affecting my someone, sex life. If somebody I need the wanted dog to come to the house sometimes. and take my dog away, you'd read about it on the news. <laughs> 
And that's not good. That's it's just all a right. dog. No one's it, coming there, to there take could anyone. Be bodies away. all over the friggin' street. Okay. Okay. I'm all sorry. Right. Go ahead. All right. Back to listening. So, <laughs> at a year, what would you expect a year old dog to do that came home at eight weeks? Um, by the time it's a year, what would you expect that dog to be able to well, do? Well, I've often said, and and this is true, almost every single thing that Jimmy knows, he learned at. A, by a year old, he knew all this stuff. Okay. And it was just inf- reinforcing these things he already knew. Heel, sit, down, come when called, go to a bed, a hold. If I give you anything, you hold it. I don't care what it is. I present it to you, take it in your mouth, and don't drop it. And that's because of the sport side of what I was doing. But comfortable in a crate. And I want yeah. the dog to... Settle in the house is nice. If, yeah. If I tell the dog to get in the crate, I would like them to go there with some good commitment. Don't just, you know shrug and walk over there all dejected. I want them to be happy and move quickly. Everything is quickly. And I say that because I was taught, you know, in my early days training competition dogs, the faster you get them to do it in training, there's always going to be a drop-off in real life, which would be the actual competition. The drop-off wouldn't be noticeable to the public, anybody watching, because it's going to look good. You're going to notice it's going to be a little bit slower. And so I tell people with their pet dogs, you want the dog to come, it should be running to you as fast as it can in training with the hope that when you call them in the real world and there's distractions, hopefully they come running. It might be a trot instead of a gallop, but they're still coming with good commitment. Yeah. And I would, I would say that most of the things that Scott mentioned, I agree with also. I wouldn't expect um, uh, any pet dog or anything to, the hold, basic to hold something. But the basic handling. Yeah. Grooming is a basic thing. Settling in a crate, settling out of a crate, um, you know, sit down is fine that you can have that. Loose leash walking. I don't care if you have competition healing or anything else, but the dog should be able to respect the length so, of a yeah. six foot leash. And if the leash is on the dog, the dog should think, okay, like we're working together and not be pulling to sniff and not be doing these things. Potty training, um, being quiet. Dogs don't have to be quiet every moment of the day, but if somebody comes over and they bark, you should be able to say, hey, knock it off. Like These are just some basic things that it seems like we all had, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago maybe, and like it seems like no one has 30, at this point. It's really concerning ago. me. And, it, the, and I- the standard is becoming lower and lower and lower, and we're like normalizing disobedience. Like, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, it's really hard to train a dog. It takes a really long time. And I'm not saying that you have to pull out a bunch of tools and make stuff happen right away. But like at the end of the day, dog training really is quite simple. It's just that you have to have the follow through and you have to have the good reps. When you have the bullshit reps, then it gets harder because it's this, uh, you know, peak and valley, peak and valley, peak and valley going yeah, on. And, and sometimes bullshit reps, what that really means is the dog is winning sometimes, getting what they want. Yeah. And then sometimes you're getting what you want. And that makes the dog really stressed. That's true. Because every time you ask them to do something, they're thinking, do I have to do it this time or do I not have to do it And they don't know who's driving the bus. The dog does not want to drive the bus, you guys. They want to feel like someone else is in control. They don't like having to fill that void. Okay, we're going to go to break really quick. And when we get back, we're going to discuss a little more about listening ears. Does your dog seem anxious? Would you like your dog to relax? Do you want to feel more in control? Would you like your dog to cooperate? HowToCalmYourCanine.com That's HowToCalmYourCanine.com We can both have it if we need it. All right, we're sharing coffee, we're sharing cigars, we just share everything. All right, so I want to talk... We can share some spit after the podcast. (laughs) Offline, offline. All right, so let's talk about uh, rescues, because this is a really big topic, like... 
oh, but I can't because he was rescued and he must have mm. been beaten and all of this stuff. And like, what should you be able to expect of a rescue? A rescue that comes home? Nothing. It's like an eight-week-old puppy. You, you can't expect anything. You don't know what that dog has gone through or anything else. And I will give you guys, especially if you don't want to use an e-collar, there are some rescues, I would say mainly like beagles or something that have gotten a lot of success of running and, you know, trailing away and everything. They may never be able to be off leash without certain tools and everything else. And that's mainly because it's such a, a climb to get there and you need to get, you need to counteract all these bad reps they had that it might not happen. But still, I would say with a rescue, when you get a rescue and Scott and I we're to this point right now, like with our clients that were almost like, don't even tell us the problems. Like, don't give us all this baggage and a good, like a long story. Like, let us just read the dog. Obviously, if the dog has had like six bites, fine. We want to know it's had live bites and stuff. But rather than projecting all of this stuff onto the dog, like let's let us just read the situation for what it is, because that's what we do. We read dogs. <laughs> like if we're going to walk into a shelter or something and we see all these dogs, we're judging each dog by what we see and what it's showing to us. So could I, um, yeah. could I jump in on that? Yeah. I would say whatever the backstory is on, for the particular dog, whether it's real or imagined, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. You have that dog in front of you. You've committed. This is the dog that I rescued. Uh, most of the time, the backstory is something that's been made up because they see behavior in the dog and they think, oh, the dog must have been kicked by a man with a hat and hit with a newspaper by a woman that was very large because I picked up the newspaper and the dog ran away. Things like this. Forget about what you think may have happened. Start creating the behaviors that you want moving exactly. forward. That's all that matters. Yeah. What's so when going that on dog, moving forward? When that dog walks into your house, they come in, you know, whatever age they are, rescues normally aren't eight weeks, you're treating that like an eight-week-old puppy. You're really controlling a lot of their life. You don't just let the dog loose and, okay, go wherever you want. The dog ran upstairs and ate socks. Maybe, you know, the dog drags a leash around for a few days. Maybe the dog's just loose in the kitchen at first. You're evaluating potty training. A hundred percent, you're using a crate. I don't care... What the rescue says or what anyone said, a crate is stability for the dog. The dog likes a crate. You're conditioning that dog to a crate. We've said it time and time again, and I'll mention it here. The first way we would do that is you put the dog in the crate to eat a meal. You feed the dog in the crate. That is a good way to be like, okay, the crate's not a bad place. You're getting the dog used to being out in the house. Maybe your dog just lays at your feet on a leash when you're watching TV. Rather than just bringing it a ton of toys and having it meet a ton of people and a ton of play dates and getting all these bad reps, start to see the dog that arrived at your house. And I would say within a year's time, really, depending on the rescue, it we're talking within, more it within weeks. Yeah, it could be a week, two more weeks. More within a month or two at yeah. the most, I would say, really for any rescue. I mean, Scott and I have trained a lot of dogs together. You, you, could, you could wind up with a well-trained dog that under some unfortunate circumstances, that dog no longer could live where maybe the owner died. Something could have happened. Yeah. But still, you don't know that until and you, if it's, you've but taken even some if time it's a to total to sketch ball, one or two months of like working hard on, you know, reactivity and fear is reactivity, you guys. A dog that retreats and acts scared, that's just as bad as a dog that's coming with forward aggression. Like that's just reactivity to the environment. You want the dog to be stabilized. It can walk down the street alone. It can stay in a crate. It can settle out of a crate. And honestly, we understand what do you mean, walk that. Down the street alone? I'm sorry. Walked on the street on a loose leash. These uh, I don't ever smoke. I'm through. trying to really yeah. actively listen to what she's saying. I do like, appreciate that. At least he's about? not just repeating what I say. No, walk <laughs> oh, down. I will. The, yeah, that. that will Let wait. Them, when they can walk alone, you're all set. <laughs> I don't mean walk alone. Then you but get a dog walk down the street installed. on a loose leash, and then settling out of the house. So I will tell you that anxiety is rampant, and anxiety is. Brenda Aloff said it brilliantly before COVID hit last year, and she said, you know, 95 percent of all problems that dogs 
groups have our anxiety. And I would agree 100%. All behavioral issues, everything else. It's just anxiety is just rampant. And that's what you're seeing. So if your rescue... No, because I'm still going on with this. So if your rescue can stay in the crate and walk on a loose leash, not walk you know, by itself down the street, but not being reactive and you have those things, but it just can't settle outside of a crate. And that is a real thing that we see. We would recommend just at least stabilizing the dog somehow. So like we're talking about doing a full on tethering podcast, but even if you just have the dog on a flat collar or harness, if the dog pulls a ton and just, you tie that to the, you know, bathroom door while you sit across the room, the dog should settle. Maybe at first it'll bark and want you to come and be there, but that will help the dog settle if it doesn't have all the freedom. So that's a really good technique, but I would expect settling out of a rescue, you know, one to two months in, no medication, no anything like you're just getting the dog to be stabilized. Sorry. Do you remember what you were going to say? Yeah, no, I was just going to say with rescues quite often, that first week that you have a rescue in the house, that's going to be about the best behavior you're going to see out of that dog. Yeah. It's really the honeymoon period. That's, that's assuming that it's a sane dog. Mm-hmm. he's now in a whole new place. He's like, what yeah. the hell? Who are these people? He's going to be reserved, may not eat very much, certainly isn't jumping all over everybody. And then, and what, this is a mistake that a lot of trainers make. I've had trainers tell me this. It's crazy. Got a new rescue, a woman we know. And I said, what are you doing for training? Oh, I'm just letting the dog settle in for a few weeks. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You're letting the dog settle yeah. in? So what that tells me is the dog's in a new environment. The best, and, and this comes maybe from my military boot camp training too. You get a bunch of kids from all walks of life and you put them in this room. They're, they have nothing in common. They're from all you know, different races, different cultures. Throw them all in the same room. And now everyone's stressed. We all, we're all anxious. What the hell is going to happen to us? Oh, don't worry. We'll show you what's going to happen. You're going to do this, 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 and this. You're going to do yes. it every day. This, 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 this. After a week, I felt like I had been there for three months. I'm like, yeah, I know what's going to happen tomorrow morning. We're going to get up at 4.30. Boom, we're going to clean the barracks. The stress was gone because I knew what was going to happen. Did I like it? Not really. But the, the, the stress and not knowing what was, what the was uncertainty. going to happen was gone. The uncertainty was gone. And, and the that's structure- what you want to do. You want to jump on that dog when they're a little out of sorts and create new a new behavior, a new uh, routine for them. Yeah, and the structure will help the dogs. And of course the it point will. about like uh, jump on the dog, I don't know, that's a little what I mean strong, is, but I, I, Mark McCabe, sit on the dog. It sounds like that. Beha- new behaviors and new routines right away yes. that they can get and into the world. You want to follow through with those things because they like to know, okay, they came from a shelter that was like chaos, you guys. There's noise, there's stress, there's a lot going on. A lot of them don't smell good. The volunteers have their own stress that they're bringing to the table. Like, they came from a lot. They're looking for stability. The home needs to provide stability. So I would say with the rescue, similar goals that we were talking about, like with a puppy up to a year old, what that you should expect, but you're going to be, uh, weighing the off leash thing a little bit differently. Cause you don't know what that dog's past was. And it is off leash is not easy and it is a big journey. So unless you're going to use an electric collar or something to help with the come command, that might be an issue. So why do you think dogs listen for, less well now? That's really what I want to talk about. I think, on. you know, uh, for years I heard this phrase learned helplessness that came out of the po- all positive dog training community. And what that meant was you're taking away all the dog's options. The dog is just giving up and now has just learned that it can't do anything. And that's a terrible thing for the dog to do. In this case, you were talking about uh, uh, that phrase, learn disobedience. And it's similar. It's like you can be saying stuff to the dog. You can be telling them, come, sit. And they, don't, they never do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But people, people keep saying it. And to the dog learns quickly that none of that stuff means anything. Yeah, and me. I, think, I think the way that we're normalizing like, 
Um, reactivity is common. Like reactivity should be expected in okay. the genetics of any yeah, dog. Yeah, it's that, okay to work through. Or we're taking like puppies that can't stay in a crate now. This is happening in New Jersey quite a bit at um, like 16 weeks and saying, oh, they're crying in a crate. We should put them on medication. Like rushing to all of these like either justifications like in your own mind or that you're reading on the internet or anything else or rushing to meds or something is causing trouble. Like it's 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 to the point where like, yeah, we're busy and it works for us. But like th- all of American dogs are just like, I don't know. I, the standard is getting lower and lower and lower. So for me, I think a lot of it comes from the internet and who's out there writing and people get a dog and then they go and half the time a blog post is not some scientific article or something else. A lot of it comes 90% from... 90% of the time, it's someone's opinion. Yes, exactly. A lot of the, of the times, the, some of these scientific studies are very skewed and there's very you know specific reasoning that they were done a certain way and this, that, and the other thing. Well, that's why we know that the... That environmental stuff is a bunch of... Oh, stop it. Don't get me started. Um, (laughs) But really, I just... I'm not sure why it's happening. I'm not sure what is really happening, frankly. But from when I was three until now, and that was 30 years ago, and I've been kind of peripherally or really pretty much enmeshed in the dog world a lot of that time, shit's gone south. Like, this is like... it's And it keeps going south. And it starts with... Like our dogs, like Scott was saying, it's funny with Jimmy. He takes him all the time with Jimmy to go on evals. And like one time the cons, like, what is that called? The thing, the console in the middle, whatever. Something was ripped in the car. And I'm like, what the hell is ripped here? He's like, oh, Jimmy just jumps back and forth, you know, during the evals. His nail ripped the leather. And and Jimmy gets reactive and excited and we let Jimmy do what he wants to do. And then he honked the horn the one time, right? Well, we don't let Jimmy do what he wants to do. (laughs) What happened was he was, I would take him in the front seat, which I don't, recommend to my clients or anybody else because if that if you have a little fender bender and that passenger airbag goes off it could kill your dog so that's something to think about but i've been taking him to evals he's been getting more uh, reactive in the car when the client takes their dog out and my dog's in the car he likes he's so real motion time, sensitive he likes that the first time he got reactive he jumped from the passenger side into the driver's seat and honked the horn and everyone thought that was funny as hell. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, my God, your dog honked the horn. I say, well, it's time for me to go. I got to go. The, the dog is calling me. And it was funny. But then he's honking the horn every class. It and it's escalating. escalating. And Scott came home and he goes, you know what? I, I honestly, I had two emails today and I thought I don't want to bring Jimmy. He's what like, I, I got to reel him in. And he is. Hang on and, a second. What I was doing was I, I managed him. No. Instead of fixing the problem. And what I would do is when I pull up to someone's house, I would take him under my arm. And in, I have two crates in the car. And I put him in a crate so I can actually do the class. That's, I mean, I use him in the class if the dog is ready for another dog in that distraction. But if they're not ready for that, I'd throw him in a crate. But, but the, 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 the good control and the good behavior starts with us. Whoever is out there making money as a dog trainer in any capacity, whether it be in a group class or in a private class setting or online or anywhere else, the good behavior needs to start with us. Whoever is promoting a message of dog training, they should be the proof in the pudding, in my opinion. And, they and should we, have good control of their own dogs. Yes. And it, yes, it doesn't matter. I mean, I Scott and I feel pretty comfortable working a lot of dogs. We've been around the block and we don't have to take the 175 pound dogs that just want to kill us at this point in our careers. Somebody else can deal with those dogs. Personally. Yeah, somebody else can deal with that. But it's going to hurt somebody. Within your own household and within the way your own household functions, the energy of your household, the um, 
climate of your household, the noise level of your household, all of that is really important. And it starts with us. And the more we are tied in with our own well-being and our own steadiness, if you will, the more our dogs are just like, okay, I got this. This isn't a big deal. So I really think that we need to take a hard look at what's going on, what we're promoting, what we're allowing. And if we're using the correct methods to fix it and get there because other people are watching and we really do need to improve this state of dogs and owners, in my opinion. Yeah, I want to say one thing that people do quite often when they get a puppy, um, they're very excited about getting the puppy, typically, or not typically, but quite often it's a family that's getting this new puppy and there's children and it's a very exciting time and I think every family should have a puppy and raise kids with dogs. I think it's great. And they usually have big plans for training. And the first thing I do is going to do a puppy class, and quite often it's PetSmart or Petco. I think they're great. I tell everybody, bring a puppy there. It's a good social. Hopefully, there's several puppies there. But it's a time to socialize. It's a time for some luring of food training and getting a lot of behaviors. And it's just a way to create some engagement with the owner. There's a lot of good stuff there. But the problem is people only do that class. And then two years later, they're calling me now with a dog that's biting the neighbor. Have you done any training? Oh, yeah, we did... We did like eight weeks at Petco, and yeah. I'm like, what, two years ago? Training should be happening <laughs> until you're getting to your goals. And when you first get a dog, you should know those goals. And really what we've outlined about some of this simple animal husbandry and some of this loose leash walking and just being quiet in a crate, like this isn't like crazy stuff. This is very normal stuff that all dogs should do and all dogs like to do. So anyway, I would like to normalize listening again. I feel like we have lost that over the years, over the decades, I don't know how exactly or when exactly or why exactly, and maybe other people have some comments on it, but really, for me, we just need to do better. We need to strive to do better, and Scott and I are very much about ourselves individually in our marriage to be our best selves, and we have to be our best selves for our dogs, and we have to make our dogs their best selves for those who are watching, because there are people watching, and people need help, you guys, and we have to be able to help them, so... That is how we feel, and that is where we stand. Uh, next week, we are going to have a super special guest on, uh, an agility judge from Puerto Rico, an old friend of mine. And um, I also updated all the quirky tips. So if you click the support link, the January, February, March quirky tips are all there. You can catch them, and they're going to change next quarter. So thanks for joining us, guys. And get those dogs listening. Get their listening ears on. Peace. Keep it quirky. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.